I guess I could I could always start it and then you could just take it over. Kind of lead the discussion. You know the the shtick better than I do. Do I? Yeah. I don't I don't know if I do, but I guess I could always just say, Hey, welcome back to Geeks with Kids, your bi weekly podcast about all things geeky from a parenting point of view. I am one of your hosts, Eric, and I am joined this week by my ever faithful companion, Mark. Good evening everybody. Yeah. Afternoon, morning, whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> Yeah, it could be any time, really. Uh, for most most likely the commute. I assume most people are doing that. Um, and we're also joined by Steve again this week. Hi, Steve. Hi, guys. This is Steve. And you guys will appreciate this, but Steve's name on here is the Last Jedi Psy as we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me that makes me happy. As as today was the day that uh, they announced the the home release for the Last Jedi, which is March. I think thirteenth or something like that. Yeah, as I was, I didn't really. Yeah, as I was saying earlier, uh, you know, I thought I thought all all my hatred had been spent, but but March thirteenth, they're going to pull me back in. It's going to start all over again. But just for the digital version, like the um, yeah, we, the home twenty seventh, yeah. right? Yeah, the twenty seventh for Blu ray. Although they didn't um, announce a three D version of the. Movie, so they might be double dipping later in the year. Who knows? Uh, oh, so that probably. means I'm going to have from the 13th. So it's going to reignite all all the stuff that that I've been uh, sighing about for all this time. And then on the 27th, it's going to resurge again when when all the, the behind the scenes stuff and cut footage starts to come out and people start mm-hmm. making their ridiculous fan edits. Well, you see, I know you're looking forward to that um, that whole documentary about ryan johnson and his uh love of star wars yeah you know i i'm aware <laughs> that he made this movie looper and then before that he made this movie called brick um, brick is amazing and i i would really like to watch those with an unbiased eye but i i'm just i'm just startled that they they were going to give this guy well i mean i guess they still might be a, a, a trilogy of star wars movies when it is obvious that he really doesn't understand anything about star wars but anyway that's we'll save that for the actual fandom discussion because i'm obviously yes. a bit one-sided in this yeah so i'm gonna throw this over to mark because he's the one leading this what what, what are we talking about what are we talking about i'm theoretically leading this one tonight we are going to talk about fandom and we're going to try and touch on the good and the bad of fandom because i feel <laughs> like a lot of the time it's the bad fandom that gets more of the focus and in some ways maybe it should because that's something we need to watch out for. Make sure we're not going crazy or driving true. everyone else crazy. But also, there's good parts of fandom, too. Like, I think we should all, like, bring up at least one or two things we've seen that we consider to be fandom acting in a good light. Oh, yeah, totally. Sure. So, yeah, um, yeah. over the last couple of years, we've had a lot of experiences that we've seen in various media outlets from... Um, of bad fandom, whether it's uh, Gamergate was a pretty big one. There's been problems in video gaming and uh, computer gaming, and there's been problems in Magic: The Gathering that have happened. There's been what 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 what, <laughs> well, there, there's, what happened there's, there's with the Magic: whole, The Gathering? Oh, there's yeah. the whole Magic game that happened with uh, um, some of the Magic YouTubers that are kind of popular on the YouTube scene and so forth, where. People claimed there was harassment. Some people just said they were being critical of others and it got taken the wrong way and all sorts. And it's led to people getting banned from the magic community and all sorts of stuff. 
Um, so that's that's another example. There's been comic book authors. I don't know if you guys heard, but I think it was Grant Morrison got um, got death threats sent to the publisher. I think it was DC. Yeah, it was DC. He got death threats to him and his family about how he um, his writing on Batman R.I.P. I think it was. Okay. So people actually threatened to kill him and or his family because they didn't agree with the way yeah, wow. he was writing the Batman book. Which, I mean, I um, get it. Fans have even, been really annoyed about things that have happened with, I mean, Stephen may be a little bit upset with things that might have happened in Star Wars. But there's, <laughs> there's a big difference between that and a little death threat. So yeah, I think yes. we yeah. should discuss some of these examples and come up with you know, like we do every podcast, solve the world's problems. Sure. Well, like I guess our biggest, the biggest thing in recent years has been the whole GamerGate. That was huge, yeah. and I know we've touched upon it before in on Geeks with Kids, but it's always good to bring it up because it keeps on coming up and up, pretty much like every other month uh, in the news yeah. sites. Does someone want to break down what happened? What happened with GamerGate? You probably know GamerGate better than I do, actually, but. Essentially, people got upset about who was and wasn't writing, producing video games. Who was? It's really the long and the short of it is people got upset about female involvement in video games. Yeah, female involvement and um, the representation of female in uh, females in video games. So, um, who is it? Anita Sarkeesian. Yeah, yeah. Anita Sarkeesian is. Um, is a writer for Feminist Frequency, and she has this video series where she talks about uh, the portrayal of women in this medium. That's what she does. She's a she's a writer. Oh, I didn't re- even realize she was Canadian. Weird. Um, what? She's Canadian? Yeah, so, Are you serious? Yeah, she's she's uh, Canadian American. She's born in Ontario. She just went to uh, the uh, um, Bioware Studios um, just the other day and uh, was uh, given a tour. And uh, there's a little bit of, uh, I mean, <laughs> just in terms of this Gamergate thing going on and on and never really ending. Um, <clears throat> yeah, apparently, you know, they, they showed her around and it was like this whole like, oh, what do you think kind of thing. And uh, afterwards, uh, some of the uh, staff weren't super impressed with the entire you know, affair. Like, I mean, why, why was she even here? You know, like it's got nothing to do with Anthem. Like we don't need her approval, you know, for anything. Like, I don't, you know, why did you even bother, you know, with this publicity stunt? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so like, go on. No, like, uh, even personally, like I've seen a lot of her tropes versus women in video games, mm-hmm. like the video series that she has. And yeah. like, I don't think she's the best writer. Like I, I understand what she's trying to do. And, you know, it is true that, there's this whole saving the princess mentality that's in video games, pretty much in all video games. But like she uses like she had some bad examples, like the use of women in Hitman, where you know she'd show like strippers and stuff. You know, in certain levels, you can you know use a dead body and blow distract people, and she'd use things that not every player would use, and um, you know. She'd make it her prime example for one of her videos. It's stuff like that that I I didn't really agree with her, but it, not to the point where I was like, you know what? She should probably die. So that That's <laughs> right? just it. When it comes down to it, you can agree with Anita or you can, you know, take the opposite view that, you know, maybe 
Maybe you like send, saving princes. Maybe it makes you feel good. Who knows? Whatever. The point is, when it comes down to it, if you're enjoying or your enjoyment of any media or video game or whatever you want to call it comes from threatening other people because you're upset about it, I think you've jumped a bit of a shark. You know, like, yeah. it's... I'm not going to say yeah, it that, doesn't... you know, it, it's a tough one because I understand the feminist movement and I agree with a lot of what they have to say. You can see how it could be something that could get out of control. So it's it's something you have to kind of watch carefully. But it's also, I don't know, the reaction to it seems to be too intense. It's yeah. There, there's always the extremes, right? That's what you see on the internet. It's either the super extreme from one side, like the the people who in, in support of it, or the people who are super against it. And right. then there's like the people who are pretty much like eighty percent of the people that are the middle ground. They're like, yeah, I could see this. I could see you know what both sides are saying. Oh, exactly. It's 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 tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing. Go ahead. Go for it. No, go for it, Steve. I was going to say, I think there's this notion, too, that a lot of people discount uh, what uh, fans, especially when they see fans behaving badly, uh, discount what fans think because they they feel that there's a a certain sense of maybe entitlement, which was something I wanted to sort of like just pause it because, um, yeah, oftentimes when you hear someone bitterly complaining about something and it's sort of related to, uh, you know, video games or comics or, or something that is traditionally kind of uh, geeky or, you know, outside of, you know, mainstream, um, we have this notion where it's like, oh, whatever, you know, it's just it's just some some foolish, you know, person who's who's a fan, you know, who cares, you know, like they, they care too much about this thing. Um, but uh, the reality is, um, I, I think with, the internet one side effect i'm not a sociology person but i do feel like that uh people convening uh and agreeing on on why they hate something has become um much more prevalent now due to you know social media and whatnot so there's this real really quick you know uh increase in in in, um what's the word um people coming together to uh, destroy something and, and get negative about something than, uh, than I think it used to be. Like, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, I don't, I, I, I can't, I have no real data on this, but, but well, it's, yeah, yeah, sorry, it, it's, it's, it's definitely like, you can, you can see that right now, like Black Panther was released on Friday, last Friday. And like, even like, as soon as the movie was released, you saw the trolls, Going online on Twitter, um, posting fake pictures of people getting beat up at uh, screenings for Black Panther. Have yeah. you guys seen this? I heard yeah. about it. Yeah. Like it was all over. It, like people seeing it, though. Mm. Well, it, they, they were taking pictures from like um, actual like um, there were actual people who got beat up like for um, like domestic oh, okay. abuse or like, um, and they took pictures from like real events and they put it under this whole fake Black Panther controversy. They actually had one picture that was floating around of Jensen Eccles from Supernatural in his beat him getting beat up makeup oh. from the show. 
And then they're like, like, uh, it was, it's just ridiculous. Like the stuff people are doing now. Just, I, I don't, I don't know if it's that whole troll culture or if these were just like white supremacists that are just like, we can't have a, uh, well, a primarily black film doing well in theaters. Yeah, you know, not not to drag the political sort of situation into it, right? But, I mean, now that we know that there was an actual Russian operation, you know, to mess around with the election, I do think it is sort of an interesting question. You know, what is the border, What what is the line between people who uh, just want to get a reaction uh, or just trolls uh, versus people who uh, actually want to mess with other people, you know, want to go out of their way to actually you know, create situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything, but it, it does beg the question, you know, when you have all this information that's being tossed around, especially like these fake, like beat, you know, you know, uh, people being beat up at black Panther, you know, movie showing things being spread around so quickly that, uh, you know, what, what, you know, what is the goal of it? You know, I mean, at the end of the day and, you know, who knows, you know, but I'm glad that people seem to catch on very quickly, you know, that, that, that was, you know, not real and it was not actually happening and it was just, just disappointing behavior. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I do feel like there should be some sort of, uh, I don't know, penalty or some sort of recourse for doing something like this. Like, I don't know if we talked about it on this show, but, um, a couple of weeks ago, a um, a uh, swatter, for those who don't know, swatting is when you call the police on someone playing video games as a prank so that they send a SWAT team to their house. Um, so this um, this guy was playing uh, Counter-Strike or something, and he... Call of Duty. And, yeah, Call of Duty. And, and someone, and one of the guys didn't like... Um, what there's was going a, on? So, so a he one got dollar bet. Yeah, it was a one dollar bet. <laughs> and he got swatted. And uh, unfortunately, the well, fortunately, the guy who got swatted was not the actual. It was the wrong address. But a person did end up dying at that address. And that guy, the guy who was the swatter, ended up uh, getting charged for what, was a manslaughter or something. Yeah. Um, which is good. Yeah. Like I, I fully support that. Like that was a. That was a crappy yeah. thing to do. Yeah, but I mean, what a tragedy. You know, like some innocent person opens their door and gets blown away by police, you know, over something he had yeah. absolutely nothing to it, do with. It emphasizes just that unbelievable. Over two separate problems. Number one, the swatting culture to begin with. Yeah. And number two, how does the SWAT team escalate mm-hmm. to the point where it's shooting someone down as soon as they open the door? I feel like, well, um, I think what they said. I'm sorry, but how does that happen? Yeah, I think what the, I think the phone tip was that they had, uh, that he had a gun and he had hostages. Um, so I don't think, I don't think he opened the door. I think they went in. Oh, okay. Well, all I know, all I'm saying is, yeah, like the guy who set up the SWAT, like went so overboard, you know, that, uh, that, yeah, he deserves what he's going to get. So, um, Mm. yeah. Uh, Um, we got here from video games from Anita Sarkeesian, but which was actually a really good one, um, a good uh, way of going into video game culture. I feel like video game culture is one of the ones, like one of the fandoms that are probably one of the more intense. Mm-hmm. I think intense would probably be the right word. Yeah, you'd be like, right. Um, it is. It is, and I think it's gotten worse with um, 
like the advent of, and I'm not trying to blame it, but like Twitch streaming and all that people, people now, instead of just arguing over what they do in a game, they're over arguing over whether personality A, B, C, or D should be, um, Twitch streaming. Are they a real video gamer or are they just there because they're pretty or, you know, all of that. Like it's just another avenue for video gamers to further bent their screens kind of. The harassment for uh, people who on Twitch that don't just video game, but are like creatives. Like, so people that draw or do stuff like that on there is like super high. I was reading an article on, I believe, Kotaku about it not too long ago. It started discussing the things that, you know, female streamers and no, pretty much just female streamers have to deal with uh, for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mark, you're leading this. <laughs> um, you keep going. <laughs> for, for other examples beyond gamer game, video games, you guys heard about the uh, Rick and Morty thing, right? Right. Oh uh, my Chef one sauce. These are all like pretty, well, pretty bad Rick, examples of fandom in the past year. Like Rick ridiculous. And, Rick and Morty's <laughs> kind of interesting because half of their fans, to me, it's like Simpsons fans. Half of their fans get the joke. You know, it's like Simpsons fans. Half of them don't realize that, that they're laughing at themselves. And it's similar with Rick and Morty fans. Um, and even I, the like uh, guys who make Rick and Morty said. That they couldn't believe the behavior of some of like people were assaulting teenage kids working at McDonald's because they ran out of mm-hmm. like a sauce that got released because of Mulan twenty <laughs> something years ago. You know, and, like, was, and the people that even got it were like, "This was not worth the, like the five hour wait to oh, get." I've one heard it's not even Szechuan that good. Sauce. It's it, allegedly it doesn't even taste like no. Szechuan sauce. Also, um, apparently there are boxes of Szechuan sauce headed towards McDonald's right now. Like, they're going to make it a regular condiment really? in the States. Really? That's yep. hilarious. Yeah. The, well, there, there's there's a good thing, I guess, though, for fandom. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't That's know. not the point. That's not the point. <laughs> but, but I think Rick and Morty fans in general are sort of intense. Because you get the people who just like it because it's funny, and then there's the people who understand like the science behind mm-hmm. a lot of the jokes. Um, yeah, the high level is, parody. Yeah, I feel like um, you, you didn't get that with Futurama. Like it had its mm-hmm. really big fans, but it didn't have that. Uh, I don't want to say dumb humor, but you know what I'm trying to get at. Like Rick and Morty is not Futurama. Futurama had really smart. Yeah, jokes. I haven't actually. Yeah, more. Well, I think. I think- I'm a dinosaur. I think one difference with Rick and Morty, though, it, it, it does have a certain edge to it that uh, Futurama uh, approached a lot of the time. But Rick and Morty, for whatever reason, it, it's it's been. I think it's more of a timing thing. I think I think the timing of Rick and Morty was 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 better for mm-hmm. for the show to sort of get to, to latch on. Um, something I actually I wanted to add while we're discussing these bad fandoms is um, I don't know what I was watching. So I'm just, I want to give credit to whoever it was uh, this YouTube video, but I don't even remember what it was now. So, but he was referencing something else and he was referencing something from uh, King of the Hill. So this was a reference from a reference. Anyway, he said there was an episode. Uh, I presume it was Hank Hill 
who uh, observed when hipsters moved into town uh, that the hipsters uh, knew what they didn't like, but didn't know what they actually liked. And <laughs> I think that this, you know, little Hankism, because there's a lot of pearls of wisdom there. I think this is very true of, of bad fandoms in particular. I think that um, they, they, they get really angry about things, but they don't really represent anything other than that. You know, like it's, it's just a negative side, negative tribe, you know, to belong to. And I, I think that that, that also drives a lot of the problems that we see when, when there's um, this perceived idea that this person is screwing over the, the whatever that the fandom is following. Are but you talking about you and Ryan Johnson? <laughs> no, no, that? no. <laughs> to, to clarify, Fair to play. clarify, I know I'd given this a lot of thought. <laughs> no, it's fair. It's fair. It's I'm fair. just joking. Well, Sorry. no, what I, I, I made some notes on this just so I, I could get this sort of out <laughs> properly. Um, we have this notion that uh, a lot of fans are entitled, and then mm-hmm. we also have this notion that there are people out there who uh, are trolls as well as people who who feed off of negativity right who just who thrive off of it um and i think it'd be very easy to discount uh say uh, star wars fans you know because you brought it up uh as all being part of the same ilk um but i think as a good example and a sort of a, another segue um i don't know much about a lot of fandoms but uh, i'm i'm a fan of doctor who for instance okay Me too. so i grew up i grew up with doctor who the original show and uh, i have my issues with the current run uh there's been some really good stuff uh, and there's been a lot of stuff that I, I just think is, you know, pointless and, you know, it's, it's not representative of what I personally consider to be Doctor Who. Um, and I think uh, Steve Moffat um, has become a target of bad fandom. I mean, I think this is a legitimate thing that's been happening, right? For the last few years, uh, you know, because people started, I guess, start started to get a little sick of his writing style. And, uh, I mean, you got to consider he's written a lot of episodes, Okay. So there's going to be some good stuff and there's going to be some bad stuff. But to personally hate that guy, right, when he's been running this thing for this, this amount of time, it's a little irrational, right? Um, but that's, that's what ultimately happens with bad fandom. Now, uh, I have to try to separate myself from what I just said with the Star Wars thing because um, my issues with the film uh, have more to do with what I interpret to be a... Uh, 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 a disrespect for where um, the film was coming from. Um, so this is something we can maybe discuss a little bit further down if we want, because I don't want to turn this whole thing into a big Star Wars thing. We'll, we'll but, leave that for the end. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Uh, but but to me, that's that's one fundamental difference is um, it's not about being an entitled fanboy. It's about being someone who actually cares about and has an emotional investment in something that has... Um, you know, a very long tradition, a very long, you know, an established legacy. And, um, and I think that the, the, there's a lot of arguments over what's going on with Star Wars. Um, but I do think that there is this abandonment of Star Wars, which I think is the fundamental problem, and which is where the fandom is legitimately pissed off um, mm-hmm. because they care about what Star Wars represents and there's this notion that the current film doesn't care. Now, that's debatable, but anyway, we can uh, we probably move on to another thing. Well, let, let, let's before we go into a bigger Star Wars thing, um, there's a, there, there's that subsect of uh, fandom where you have like 
let's let's talk about sci-fi. There's the Star Wars people versus the Star Trek people. Like they're those fans that sure. only like this one thing versus another thing. There's Xbox gamers that only like Xbox. And then there's PS4 players that only like PS4. And then there's the master race, which is PC gamers. Um, um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Like there's that whole you you belong to that one community and nothing else is right. So you have to like go up against everything that's not part of what you mm-hmm. like, I guess. Well, it's uh, sorry. It's go, interesting go ahead, because it seems like, like video games, a perfect example or the star Trek. See, I tend to, I have preferences, but I'm not exclusionary. I've always felt that like, I may like cheeseburgers better than general Tao chicken, but I don't want to eat cheeseburgers every day. You don't, you know what I'm getting? <laughs> Blasphemy. I know. How outrageous is <laughs> that? It's like I personally always buy PlayStation because I, per- I prefer the PlayStation controller. I always have. PlayStation 1 was the first video game system I bought for myself. But my first ever was Nintendo, and I still love old NES games. And the odd Wii game can be entertaining. I, I don't understand how you can sort of completely shut one aspect of something you enjoy so much out like it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me yeah i i think that that has a lot to do with the you know maybe there's this basic instinct in people to be a bit tribal you know it's sort of like with sports teams right i mean what does it really matter you know which team except that we Mm -hmm. naturally associate ourselves with one team over the other and there's a certain it's a certain comfort in sharing that with people you know that uh, are nearby and, and 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 you there's a certain uh, excitement in having a, a side to belong to. And, and I, I think that that's where some of this, especially with PC versus PlayStation versus Xbox, it's, it's, um, it's just, it's kind of a natural course of, uh, uh, of, you know, without thinking about something too much and not really, you know, it, it's not really important just falling into a category and then just getting really excited about it. Mm-hmm. There's, 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 I think there's a bit of a difference between being part of a sports team fan versus uh, video games. But I, I can see the the how they relate. But you know, sort of sports teams are meant to go up against yeah, each other. Yeah, there's implied competition. The sure. Um, if me and Eric sit off at yeah. the ends of a room and I'm yelling yeah. PlayStation and he's yelling Xbox, neither of us are going ever going to get anywhere, and neither yeah. of us are ever going to feel the thrill of winning. Whereas yes. if you know. I'm a Blue Jays fan and he's a Yankee fan. Someone will win the game eventually. <laughs> like that that that's the big difference. But no, I understand what you mean yeah. by tribalism. I just Oh sure. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I don't think it's meant to be a thing, but it just sort of evolves from that, you know, notion of tribalism. I I, I mean there, yeah, there really shouldn't be a conflict between these systems, but people just uh they just get into it for whatever mm-hmm. reason. And I, I like for these tribes, I especially recently in the past year, well, even just the past six months, we can say that the most tribal in sci-fi would be the Star Trek fans that either hate or love Discovery, or the Star Wars fans that either hate or love uh, the Last Jedi. Like I think sure. those are the most vocal, at least sci-fi fans at the current moment. Um, sure. Now my question is, where do we all mm-hmm. stand on those very important key sci-fi issues? What do you guys think of 
Discovery. I actually <laughs> haven't finished the season yet, so we can't discuss it, unfortunately, well, for me anyway. But uh, what about okay. the, just general general feelings? Like for me, I thought I thought it was neat. It, it's weird that they. It, it, I think it's a fun series, which is not a good or a bad thing. It's fun, but but they are sort of crapping on established canon. Especially since they say that this is supposed to be in the Prime Universe. And by Prime Universe, for like those who that aren't uh, <laughs> Star Trek nerds, this is supposed to take, yeah, this is supposed to take place in, um, before the original series. So the original Kirk led series. Like Shatner. Right. Shatner. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think my, my Star Wars opinion will reflect my Star Trek opinion. It's, it's, for whatever reason, I don't know, call me weird, but I care about canon. I care about established things that I grew up with. And I think that people who take over these legacies should care as well. Um, And I felt like at least the first half of the season, because that's all I've really watched, um, there would be elements that I thought were sort of fun, but then there were elements that I felt they were almost going out of their way to thumb their noses at the, at the old canon. And I was like, well, it's unnecessary, you know, like, why would you even do that? And that's how I interpreted a lot of things. So so I haven't finished it yet, but up until the midpoint, I was uh, I was pretty peeved, uh, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I like I like the way they ended it. Like I'm not going to spoil it, but I, I think mm-hmm. it was it felt Star Trekky ish. Mm-hmm. Although there were some parts where I'm like, that seems highly convenient. <laughs> I feel mm-hmm. like you may have wanted more episodes, and then this is how you had the the you know wrap things up. Um, I don't know the the fact that the Klingons don't look like both. I think I think is a little weird. They like the both the smooth mm-hmm. foreheads and the ridge foreheads. Like that mm-hmm. was sort of, that was established in Enterprise. So I don't mm-hmm. know. There, there's some weird weird things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious how they're going to resolve that. The Klingons looked a particular way a hundred years ago, and then they they look the same uh, in ten years from now, but somehow. In this show, they look completely different and have never looked like that, even a hundred years from now. So we have two hundred years of continuity, but for this show, the Klingons don't talk the same, they don't have the same customs, they don't look the same, and they have a ship which, again, across the two hundred year span, generally looked exactly the same. <laughs> but they name it in this show: it's the D seven cruiser. Anyone who cares about these things, and it looks completely different in this one show. Bearing in mind that in 10 years and 100 years earlier, it looked exactly the same. But for this show, no. So, yeah, whatever. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how they resolve this because in my mind, the whole thing takes place in a completely separate reality because there's no way that could be <laughs> the Prime Universe. No way. And I'm just annoyed that they, they said that because that's that bugged me throughout the entire run. Had they said that this was just Star Trek and they didn't say anything about Prime Universes or whatever... I would have been able to let go a little bit more, you know, but when, when you tie yourself to the history Mm -hmm. uh, and then you do stuff like this, it's like, why, why are you, why are you trying to annoy me like this? So that's my, uh, that's my honest opinion. Do you find it weird that we haven't seen any of the original like ship designs, like the constellation class and all that type of stuff? Like, like we should, we should see like some, like even like when yeah. they had that first um, battle with um, yeah I know Klingons. no I mean this is why I don't think it is part of you know our it's it's a third or fourth entirely separate reality because it, it doesn't it doesn't follow canon in any way shape or form um, 
So whatever. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I can't discuss it because I haven't finished it yet. So I I, I can't outright, you know, unleash on the show. So I'm not there. That's for a later episode. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Sure. Before the before the premiere of the second season. Yeah, I'll try to get to it. I totally cheated on this one because I haven't watched it at all. So, (laughs) but I. Oh yeah, okay. you like that? I'd, cool, I'd, nice, I'd, nice one, Mark. I think it's a fun watch. Know, like you could, you should, you should watch it. Like I think ago. you, I th- I think you'll like it well, more than Absentia. <laughs> if you're not, if you're not a Star Trek fan, watch it. You'll be perfectly fine with it. That's true. It's 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 only if you're a Star Trek fan that you would have one opinion one way or the other, really. But if you don't. See, this is this was my issue with Doctor Who. This might be a bit blasphemous because the show's been so popular since it returned in was it 2005? I don't remember. Yep, now. 2005. 2005. So when it returned, uh, you know, that first season, that was amazing. Like every episode, in my opinion, I mean, I didn't love every single one, but I think they were all really good. Mm-hmm. And it, I think they really knocked the return out of the park. And yeah, the show is not going to be the same like it was 60 years ago because the television's different. I mean, it was like a stage play back in the day, right? We could say the same now, thing about Star Trek. Hey. Sure, sure, absolutely. <laughs> the format doesn't have to be the same. Mm-hmm. I understand that things have to evolve. But after a while, in the, the seasons that followed, I was like, "Is this really Doctor Who?" And I always kept, I always kept thinking, "Man, you know, why didn't they just make another show? Why did they have to call it Doctor Who?" Right? And that's that's my feeling with Discovery. Is like when I watch Discovery, I go like, "Yeah, you know, this is all good and fine, but it doesn't feel like." Star Trek. It doesn't look like Star Trek. Everyone's an ass. Like I don't really like. I'm not, I don't. This doesn't seem like Star Trek. Now, had it been a totally different new sci-fi show, well, hundred percent behind it, you know. But that it's Star Trek. There's this. There's this running sort of element to it that makes me question it, um, and like, it was an unnecessary distraction. Yeah, the the thing that distracts me the most is the spore drive. Like I know they're, cla- oh, they're wow. it's a classified ship. But I feel like something would have come out of that. Like it- I, 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 that's okay to me. Surprisingly, of all the things that bug me about the show, which are all aesthetic things, I, I get are not really serious problems. Uh, the spore drive doesn't bother me so much because I'm like, okay, look, yes, it's some huge like development that is beyond anything, right? But I'm going to presume at some point they're going to write a very reasonable explanation for why it's not around later you know because it's it's so catastrophically sorry they started that by the point you've seen already right yeah yeah exactly like it's going to be something that it's it's so hard to use or 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 will be ultimately fatal to use that it just you know it just gets dropped you know and i i'm okay with that you know like that's that's not something that i felt was like you know, not as bad as like say you know using hyperdrives and Star Wars as a as a weapon, uh, because <laughs> you know, like that completely alters the entire fabric of the universe, right? I mean, <laughs> now it's just like, well, let's just just have droid controlled X wings and just fly them at star destroyers. You win, right? I mean, <laughs> that's the end of all conflict. Of all, why did they even have a Death Star? Except, like, except you know, they had the they they had limited X wings and stuff, right? Um, the, the it doesn't matter if you have three X-wings, you send one to blow up a star destroyer. That's a fair exchange, okay? You just killed half a million people with one person. I think that I think that balances things out a little bit. And you never know if, well, yeah, I guess it through hyperdrive. Well, I don't know if it'll. Yeah, I don't know. This is this just bring fact, up a lot of thoughts in my brain that I don't know. Yeah, the fact um, that you can create a hyperdrive as small as a starfighter 
anyway, okay, you know what? Let, <laughs> we should just have a totally separate Star Wars episode because there's so many just like plot issues that, that are simple, simple plot issues that we could go on for an hour about that. Movie. <laughs> but anyway, Mark, take us away. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what are you saying about Ryan Johnson? I'm going to have something to drink, so I won't talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. To keep it keep it within the discussion that we're talking about right now, I, I said it earlier. My whole issue, really, when I get right down to it, is just that with the Star Wars fandom being split over the Last Jedi, um, I I feel that there is some legitimate concerns there, some like legitimate criticism about just the basic structure of the film, um, basic cinematic rules that were broken, nothing to do with Star Wars. But I, I think that the thing that gets the fandom riled up specifically is that it feels like the movie doesn't want to be part of Star Wars. Or another way to look at it is it, it almost feels like the film was constructed with too much awareness of the fandom and it goes out of its way to screw over fan expectations because when we went into this film we're just like oh my god who are the knights of ren what's who's this snow guy every single thing we thought going into this movie is is subverted and that's the that's the only legacy of this film is it blew up every fan expectation and left us with nothing Hmm. and and that that's a thing that we can all debate but at the end of the day the thing that bothers me the most is it feels like it didn't it, it doesn't feel star wars to me and it, it it wrecks things in the star wars universe like this whole hyperdrive thing um i, I don't want to get into all these nitpicks but another thing is like it it made me stop and think about the technology and the technology is not the point right the point is laser swords and force magic and you know the characters but instead I'm trying to figure out how hyperspace works, not only for the weaponization of it, but like, well, if they were like in the ship and they could leave, you know, like with, you know, um, Finn and uh, Rose, right? If they could just fly out with nobody detecting them, why didn't they all do that? Yep. Right? Like, what's to prevent everybody from leaving the ship and go in 10 different directions, right? Like, so it's just sort of, it's sort of like, but so then I'm thinking about like, but then how do they get back so quickly? And like, so I start asking myself, well, how does hyperdrive and, and space lanes work? And I get completely taken out of the film, right? And, and so to me, it's like, the reason why I don't like Ryan Johnson as a writer is he wasn't careful. He was very careless. And the fandom cares, and so that's why we have like these huge divisions because they feel, I, th- I, mean, I don't want to speak for everybody, but, but I know myself, I feel like that the movie was very careless and I feel like that it, it, it didn't, it didn't care enough about star Wars in a lot of ways. That makes absolutely perfect sense. I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, did, did we actually talk about what JJ Abrams said recently about uh, the people oh, who no. didn't like Not yet. star Wars, but that, that he was talking about, he was talking about fandom and how much people were, mm-hmm. you know, um, very passionate on, on on liking it. And then they're the people that really hated it. But he sort of grouped all the people that hated it with people like, what did he say? Misogynists, I guess. People who don't like strong yeah, female. Anti-feminists. Yeah, anti-feminists. Yeah, people who don't like strong yeah. female characters, which, you know, as someone who didn't really like the movie, that wasn't my issue with the film. <laughs> Like yeah. I, I, I thought Ray was was great, even though there were some weird plot things with her. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't like 
Admiral Holdo because she sort of seemed useless until that one yeah. bit at the end, which I don't think she should have done anyway. The the light the hyper speed well, thing through yeah. the through the ship. I I, yeah. I I still feel like if that was Leia or you know Akbar, it would have been more poignant instead of you know just yes. Admiral Akbar die in space. Yeah, and some random new character just you know, who's been treating everyone else like a jerk and then does this noble sacrifice. Uh, it's just a lot of mixed messages, you know? Um, yeah, like that, I, I, I'm very disappointed that JJ Abrams dragged this, this, uh, um, fringe narrative mm -hmm. into the mainstream because there's always, unfortunately, ever since Ghostbusters, especially because of Ghostbusters, there will always be this debate now about feminist, anti-feminist, uh, men's rights, uh, misogynists um, having an impact on a film. And um, yes, there are people who, for whatever reason, were really hung up on uh, Admiral Holdo's hair color and assumed that that meant that she represented some sort this of feminist part? agenda. Oh, and, what? Uh, <laughs> really? You, oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's a, it's a symbol of, of of you know uh, uh, really extreme feminist movements to have like the pink and the purple hair. Oh, it's, 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 why? Sort of, it's a thing. I don't know. I don't. I, this is something that I don't really follow. I, right? I thought but it looked they cool. Would, <laughs> to be they would, they would start, but that's what I'm saying. Like people are so nonsensical that they pick up on that and then they they extrapolate. You know, they're either anti-feminist or they're feminist. You know, notions about the film. And um, I wasn't really sure about that until I started reading like some of uh, Ryan Johnson's interview responses, and I'm now convinced that he unintentionally created those problems because he's just a clueless writer. Like he didn't he didn't actually put in a feminist agenda. I think if there is one that you can extrapolate, it's entirely in your imagination. Yeah. Nevertheless, for J.J. Abrams to then throw everybody who didn't like the film under the bus and just say they're misogynists, he's now legitimized that completely ridiculous you know problem because that's not the problem with the movie you know like i mean i mean as an example if we were to take the genders away from everybody um i've used an example before but if if everybody was belonged to an alien race that had no gender um haldo and rose are not really good characters yeah both um, of us disagree with you rose, most gonna, of the people right now sure yeah but regardless like you can take the gender out of the film and you can see that some of the characters are just not that good, you know, for one reason or another, uh, they're not established properly or, or their motivations are a little bit wonky and they're used, they're used in weird ways. So, yeah. So that's my issue with Holdo. It's got nothing to do with, um, with her, uh, bossing, um, Poe around and, uh, um, uh, you know, exerting some sort of, you know, imagined female power over him, mm -hmm. you know, like that, that's not, it's not a thing. Yeah. It's just, she's a bad commander. She <laughs> just, she just explained to the, like at this point in the movie, again, you know, I hate to like, you know, like analyze this, but there's how many people left in the resistance. Okay. Poe is a demoted commander. He's like one of what, 10 guys you have left under your command. You got to tell all those people what's going on, right? I mean, the chain of command is very short now, right? You can't be. I don't even know what she was trying to do. Anyway, anywho, um, yeah, it, it's it's. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, JJ Abrams just grouping together people. It was a bad move, like PR wise. I feel 
for not just Star Wars, but for him as a director. Like that seems to be a he's he started a mess that he didn't really need. Like it, it was something that they yeah. need to actually come out, especially like the day a couple days before it was- the announcement about the home release. That seemed silly, unless he wanted to drum up some news. If because you know Star Wars it, hasn't it really sounds- been in. It sounds terrible. The and media's eye in the last couple days. thinking, <laughs> but perhaps that's it. Perhaps this movie um, didn't do quite what they, or they're not expecting it to have such a big video release because I know a lot of people are still kind of hot and cold on it. I know a lot of people who are cold on it. And it doesn't look like there's mm-hmm. a lot of positive lights ahead for the solo movie. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of fatigue, like Star Wars fatigue, that's setting yeah, in right now. Yeah, I think a lot of um, traditional fans are frustrated with it, and a lot of new fans don't really. Having watched those two saga movies, they might not know where it's going or don't understand what it's supposed to be at this point because of the way things have kind of flip flopped around. So I would understand if they were hesitant to get uh, too excited mm-hmm. by it. If if yeah if Disney doesn't announce a an Obi Wan movie, Lord help them, because the fandom will just go nuts. Like that's if you if you search any of the Reddits for Star Wars, it's the number one requested thing on there. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. just grab your like, trigger. He's still amazing. Exactly. And yeah, I was gonna say yeah. If 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 there was an Ewan sorry a McGregor movie with uh, him being Obi Wan, that would be. I mean, he's yeah. He, that would be something that would actually excite people. I think again, um, and I think when yeah. you do it, though, whatever you do with Star Wars, is you have to try actively try and avoid anything that could lend people to believe you were following some kind of agenda. At this point, I don't yeah. Know. Um, once Disney took over, I feel like. Everyone just sort of assumed their agenda was money. Well, that's the thing. That's <laughs> like, what I like, that's like the yearly their agenda is. But to hit that, the yearly release isn't helping. Like, remember, you know how people like. I'm going to go back to video games. Assassin's Creed was a week was a yearly franchise, and yes. people yeah. like gave it crap. Like, especially <laughs> what was a Syndicate and. Um, no, Unity, Unity was the one that was horrendously buggy. Yeah. And then Syndicate came out and it didn't sell as well. So they took a break and now they came out with Origins and now it's doing well because they took their time and it feels like, I don't know, at least me as a Star Wars fan feels like they're just sort of pushing out these Star Wars films now. Like Han Solo, who thought that it was still going to come out in May? Like they didn't release a trailer until this last month. Like that's yeah. Until the Super Bowl, like, I know that's cutting it really close. And that's this is something where it's like a, a bit of speculation here. I mean, tying back to you know Ghostbusters, um, there was very little uh, promotion for that film until it came out. So they, I think, they knew there were going to be some problems with it. And uh, they also, I mean, not you know, this isn't this isn't a, a conspiracy. They promoted the entire narrative about there being anti-feminists uh, uh, against the film. Uh, to drum up uh, all this like hysteria and all this craziness in in the internet mm-hmm. to like to try to try to make it an incident, um, and and that was a purposeful like uh, situation. 
with J.J. Abrams, I'm not to, I'm not so sure. I, I I don't really know whether that that's a, a purposeful move or not. But um, but yeah, no, it, it it's not a good sign when you release. What is it now? It, they release in February, so February, March, April, four months. So four months. Well, three months technically. I mean, when you're actually in the month, I don't know that that really counts at that uh-huh. point. So three four months. That's that's not good. Not for a Star Wars movie anyway, even a spin-off. Because Rogue One yeah. how, well actually, that's a good question. How how early did they start promoting Rogue One? Uh they they start promoting it in um at the celebration in May and then it came out in December. Wow. Right? So, you know, over half a year. Yeah. Well, they had announced that it had been pushed back already. Like they I Sure. I don't know why they didn't just push this movie till December. And taking the extra time to just firm up everything. Um, what Marvel movies are coming out in December, though? Nothing. There's no Marvel movies. But Infinity War is coming out in May. Yeah, same month as May. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like Disney. Maybe they're... I don't know. I mean, now we're getting to sort of conspiracy theory territory here. But maybe they also know that this solo movie is going to be a bit of a flop. And they want to maybe hide it uh, next to... Infinity War, so they can blame Infinity War for <laughs> making Solo worse. Well, <laughs> Box office. There's, there's been there's been rumors that they've kind of given up on it, and they're trying to figure out what their next uh, that makes me sad step is. Yeah, I've heard those rumors too. But I mean, these days, anyone could say anything about Star Wars, and you know. It, <laughs> That's also yeah, very true. And I say. feel like we're part of the fandom that would go into these conspiracy theories. Like, we are a little bit more to the the harder core um, part of these fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but not to the hardcore point of, you know, sending death yeah, threats to someone. we're relatively... Right. Yeah, we're yeah. relatively hardcore fans of uh, specifically Star yeah. Wars for the three of us. But I think we're all of the understanding that yeah this is something i love this is something i derive enjoyment from Mm -hmm. if it's ruining my day-to-day life i'm going to ignore it until something else comes out that i can grab a hold of yeah it's it's probably good to step back if it's taking over too much of your life or at least taking up taking it to the point where you can't function like (laughs) right like there's that quote that patrick rothfuss um uh, the author of the King Killer Chronicles said uh, during his um, Dragon Con, or no, was it Dragon Con? I think it was Dragon Con. No, no, it was PAX East, his panel. He said, a geek is a person who loves something beyond rational sense, which is true. But, yep. mm-hmm. but when it's past that sense where you can't like function properly, I feel like that's a little bit too far. But there are some fans that super fans that do real good work in the world see see how i'm spinning this mark this is this is where i'm going i see how i see how you're there's some really good fandom out there like um I, just going off of star wars like i'm, I'm gonna yeah look, um all yeah, all be- around all around the world i guess the 501st which is the stormtrooper yes. legion that does community work they do charity work and you know, they just sort of bring a, enjoyment to people. They go to cons, but they also help out their own communities. Um, does has anyone had an yeah, experience don't with they, that? Like, visit ho- hospitals and, and stuff like that, and see the kids. And yeah, I mean, they're all volunteers. They're not paid. They just have their own uniforms. And 
yeah, they just they love the fandom. But yeah, they, I, I have, I've heard a lot of good stuff that they hmm. do. The the Toronto chapter is apparently really really cool. Um, and I have seen are, them. Yeah, they're at, at Fan uh, Expo every year. Yeah, Fan Expo every year. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. And they're like they're the people, um, the droid builders that are. Um, oh man, I can't remember their actual name. They're droid builders that are based in you know major cities. There's one in Toronto, and they actually help you to make a R2 unit or what you know anything you wow. want for like like they they share plans and stuff like and they help you learn about electronics. Like these are people, these are fans that have taken their love and they are teaching other fans how to do like practical things like ro- robotics. It's it's sort of really nice. right, right. That's those are awesome examples. Um, Sorry. The 501st, I've heard tons about what they've done, like with all sorts of different charities. Uh, I think there was something they, they did some work with Make-A-Wish or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, which is right. pretty awesome. Um, but there's also people who do stuff a lot smaller scale than that. Um, for example, from the Magic Get the Gathering kind of community, it gets a lot of flack for being, you know, an all boys club and stuff like that. But a lot of the time, if you go check out uh, your local comic shop and see what the magic community is like, you walk in not knowing what you're doing and they'll be the first people to help you. I've mm-hmm. seen incidents where someone's had their deck stolen and people they don't know at a magic event have gone, well, what did you have in it? And they've pulled together the cards that the guy had in his deck and just given them to him so he could compete at the event or whatever things like that like that's using your fandom positively and in small ways it doesn't have to be a big organization it can be an individual there are organizations out there if you do want to if you have a fan if there's something you're really passionate about i'm sure if you just look out there and look up um fandom charity i'm sure you'll find a lot of them are there any other um fandoms that are fandom charity things that you guys have been associated with? Hmm. Can't think of any right now. Uh, for me personally, I've done uh, Extra Life for a couple years, which is a video game marathon. And it's oh, yes. it's a fundraiser where you play video games for 24 hours. You stream it and whatnot. You get um, charity. Or not charity. You get donations. And that money goes towards sick kids hospitals, which is, you know, sort of cool. And it, it and, like... It's such a cool thing. Like when you see like such bad fandom, like the Gamergate thing, and then you see this the the other side of video gaming culture, where you have people yeah will go there and just donate and give. It's 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 really cool. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm trying to think. It's trying to think if there's other ones that I can see. And like most of these, like like if you look at TV shows, um. Say like Supernatural or um, Buffy. The even the people that are associated with those shows, they usually have um, some sort of charity that they get their fans to become part of, right? Right. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know where to go with this. I'm not. The, I'm not the. I'm not the lead on this. <clears throat> Sorry, I had something stuck in my throat. I couldn't talk for a minute. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can even Google online, like um, Child's Play. Wait, 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 Child's Play? There's like the, all like, kinds like of different... <laughs> Child's Play. It's, um, That's what I thought he... <laughs> yeah, like Chucky. No, Child Child's Play is uh, an organization that lets um, kids in hospitals 
I don't know if it's only in the States, but it, it uh, brings video games and gives, like, hands out consoles and stuff to kids in hospitals so they can play games or whatever, stuff like that. Those kind of geeky charities, that's like using your fandom for something good. I'm sure there's a million others uh, I'm not thinking of right now. Yeah, there's, there's, I know um, Felicia Day has a charity that... Um, goes against bullying or online bullying. I think it's bullying in general um, called sure. Stomp Out Bullying. And as someone who loves Felicia Day, you know, <laughs> you, you got to support that. Uh, Eric, always promoting Felicia I, Day. Any opportunity you get. I love Felicia get. Day. She's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's something hey, we have done in a long time. Um, you can even... <laughs> I thought I'd break it. You can even look at like the podcasting the community. Like, there are different podcasters that'll group together and you know help each other out. Like there, there are many forums online that help uh, people just you know starting out on their own podcasts. It's it, it fandom in general. I feel like is a warm place for people to help other people that share that love. Like that, well, yeah, that, that's that's. That, to me, I think is what fandom should be about. It should be about the sharing of a love for a common thing. And I think that, uh, you know, under that mantle, yeah, there's a lot of good that can be done uh, and a lot of uh, enjoyment of a thing. That that really should be the focus, not, you know, what's wrong with it or, you know, how somebody screwed it up. But uh, time's <laughs> So what, I, I feel like that, that that's, a, that's a good message to not just leave uh, all our listeners, but even kids, like, um, like our kids, as 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 I'm bringing out this whole parenting thing, like like love what you love, but don't like don't like be a dick about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it it's supposed to be about enjoyment. It's it's supposed to be something that puts a smile on your face and makes you happy at the end of the day. And I mean, whether it's sitting down to play magic cards with your friends or sitting down and playing, you know, on the PlayStation or whatever together. It's something that's supposed to bring people together and bring enjoyment together. It's not something that's supposed to be divisive and definitely not something that's supposed to be threatening anybody over. That's the important thing to take away from it. Is it something for you personally to enjoy and something to share with those people you enjoy? While you're enjoying it, you'll meet some awesome people like, like Mark and Steve here. Yeah. Oh, I'm a fan of you, Eric. <laughs> Eric's pretty awesome. Oh, oh, and Steve, um, how do you feel about uh, us getting Eric into the whole magic together? I uh, I feel do du- shall we shall we take him down that rabbit hole? I feel dubious about that, but um, that would be a topic for I, another. I, I think it's I'm neat. Sure. Like I I've always been interested <laughs> in card games, but I've always been bad at them. You know, like like at least the ones that I've tried. Yeah. So when I was in high school, then, I then you're exactly who I want to play with. <laughs> <laughs> you're exactly the kind of person I want to save from yeah. this. So hobby. like when I was in high school, <laughs> I, I I collected the Star Wars. There was a Star Wars. That was a game. good game. That was I a really a good book. game. Yeah, actually, there were I several. I have a book full of Star Wars cards, and I was not good at that game. Luckily, I didn't play for trades. Uh, or for keeps. It was um, depending on which one you're talking about. Um, was it the one that like it went through the entire series, or was it primarily focused on the? Prequels? Oh no, it was before the prequels. Okay, that game 
not to get into a whole other topic, but that game was pretty sophisticated. So it was uh, it was really cool because it totally simulated Star Wars, but the cost of it was that it got very complicated, Super complicated. Um, because of that. So yeah, but I mean, yeah, no that that would be that would be something I'd uh, I'd love to play. With yeah. you and then and then I and then I remember watching the Magic uh, Kids at uh, lunchtime playing, and then being like, nope, yeah. I'm not playing this. <laughs> And then go into the music yep. room and be like, "I'm cool. I play music." Um, yeah, <laughs> and then now, like now, the digital card games they have Hearthstone and and Gwent, and I'm yes pretty bad at both of them. So, <laughs> but but Magic, I, I I'm sure I could take a swing at it again. I I I I used to have a card deck. I don't know where it went. I'm sure I gave it away or something. Yeah. yeah. No worries. We'll send yeah. you out. So we'll, we'll make a, so you, make a whole series out of it. You guys can have your 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 um your whole episode about magic, and then I'll play a game, and then we'll come back, and I'll be like, I still suck at cards, guys. Still suck it. <laughs> nice. Looking yeah. forward to it. Well, definitely. Well, let's throw it out to our listeners. Is there um are there any fandoms like at least fandom groups that you know of that help the community? Like let's let's start with something good. Uh, in our you know in our email send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca or you can go to our facebook page at facebook.com slash geekswithkidspodcast you can contact us on twitter at twitter.com slash geekswithkidscn and you could find all of our podcasts at www.geekswithkids.ca and i think i hit all our social media we also have an instagram but i don't know what it is (laughs) (laughs) um We'll just edit it in later with a cool no voiceover. editing. That's amazing. <laughs> no editing. Um, yeah. So thank you guys for coming on. Uh, no thank- problem. Cool. I'm. Um, I just wanted to add one oh, last thing. Uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, in preparation for this discussion, I did watch a very good YouTube video. Um, it's related to the Last Jedi, but it's more importantly focused on fandom. And I just want to give credit where credit's due. Uh, it's by a YouTuber called uh, George Rakal Schmidt. Uh, so my, uh, I probably derived my most cogent ideas from this video. So uh, anything that actually made sense probably came from him. And the video is called The Importance of Fandom. Uh, and I highly recommend it. Oh, cool. Um, I, I will I, definitely give that a look. I actually have that as well, just to make this yeah, go even it. longer. It's a little cool. It's a little quote uh, from Ed Greenwood, who's the guy who invented uh, the Forgotten Realms in Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. And when Baldur's Gate, uh, Baldur's Gate expansion came out, and this was in like the mid two thousands or something, I can't remember exactly. Um, there was a big uproar because there was a woman and a trans woman in the game, and people got upset about it. So this is what Ed had to say: D and D has half orcs, half dragons, and half elves has magic items that specifically change gender right there in the rules. Surely if you can handle the basic notion of cross-species sex, having a full variety of gender <laughs> rules would be something that doesn't blow your mind. If it's not if it's not for you, that's fine. I hate wear, wearing certain shades of yellow, but I don't scream and yell at someone I see wearing those shades of yellow and call them names and threaten things. My right to dislike yellow applies to me. It doesn't extend to others. Exactly how fandom should be done and yeah. uh, i guess since i was also looking up things while we were getting ready for this um i was looking up different articles on trolls and kotaku had some 
good ones. The two I really enjoyed reading were the first one was by Patricia Hernandez. It's called 10 Former Internet Trolls Explain Why They Quit Being Jerks. And this, it was, Ooh. it's from, um, what year is this from? It's from 2015, but it's still, still relevant today. Oh, and then there's sure. another one from 2015 by, by Tina Amini. And it's called Racist Trolls Don't Understand Racism and Other Trolling Stories. Both very interesting reads. Um, maybe if I do the show notes properly for our podcast, I'll put it at uh, our website. But yeah. We can only hope. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, thank you guys for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. And I look forward to our, our next discussion, which will be about uh, something. 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 <laughs> It'll be... It'll be, we'll, dragging, we'll, we'll edit in something competent next time. It'll be drag, uh, dragging Eric out of the comic shop after his first Magic the Gathering <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go to a comic book store in the next two weeks to get enough um, you know, magic that's, cards that's to valid. be of any... Well, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> anyway, uh, for Geeks with Kids, I'm Eric. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye.